Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is a special Monday, September 20th episode. Wow. Mike's on the road. I'm in the office. Chelsea Purr. Cristiano delivers in a PK-laden West Ham lunatic asylum. VAR save City and Brighton, which we'll talk about a lot. But first, Mike, uh, your game was not quite all in the face, but it was definitely a slap in the face. So how are you feeling about your precious Spurs and their event? And we'll sort of combine it into a big Chelsea Spurs moment. Yeah, I'm unhappy, um, but it's funny. (laughs) Uh, I'm not as unhappy as you would expect me to be for a 3-0 loss at home to a rival like Chelsea, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It was strangely when the lineups came out now keeping in mind by the way uh pull back one second i am actually at chop sports hq in matawan new jersey very very cool setup that they've got i'm in the the main studio uh really awesome setup uh yeah uh <laughs> i am but, not so I'm, I am, on the, I'm, in, I'm in an office room in my job <laughs> that's okay the reason i'm in matawan new jersey is because we're driving from florida so keep in mind that on sunday i had to watch this game while i made sure that jessica's shift was driving Sunday morning because I wanted to watch the match and uh, I've, I've driven pretty much the entire way other than that. Let me be clear. But so I was like, Hey, this four hour period is yours. Okay. Like just leave me alone. Um, I saw the lineup come out. I was very happy. Uh, sunny back in the lineup. Bergvine was hurt and unavailable. Um, and I just, I thought the interesting thing was that Chelsea did not seem all that interested in what was frankly a London Derby. Edward Mendy had a late, strange, undisclosed injury. So we had a Keppa sighting. We had Keppa in the lineup, uh, and we had no Conte. Those two things usually spell disaster. And you had Sonny in the side again. Uh, by the way, we would be remiss if we went any further without mentioning. Uh, this was earlier on Sunday morning. Jimmy Greaves, the all-time leading Tottenham scorer, played for Chelsea as well. One of the greatest English players ever. He's uh, the all. He's the second all-time leading scorer in in the English world. goals. Period. Well, and and no, number one is Dixie Dean, but that's like in the twenties. Yeah, yeah, and in and I didn't know this, but Ronaldo passed him for the most goals in the top five leagues, uh, like three yeah. or four years ago. Which means I I assume Messi also did, but if I, I'm not without looking, he's right. He was top five. He was, yeah, he was up. He's like legit. And the funny thing is, yeah. is he's both. Chelsea and and Spurs, but more for Spurs. Like much more his for Chelsea Spurs, years no. was like sixteen to twenty two. Yeah. Then he went to Italy for which was weird. Like in the fifties, yeah. that mm-hmm. he went to AC Milan was. And then we bizarre. picked him up from Milan. He only had like ten goals from Milan or something like that. Anyway, um, the interesting thing about him, right? So um, I saw they had at halftime they had a ton of Spurs legends, um, and they were telling stories. They they're all really tight knit. Basically, uh what would be the Spurs version of like Monument Park for the Yankees, right? And so um, they had so many of the players, Glenn Hoddle and um, uh, uh, my goodness, all of all of these, these stars that I actually met a few of them. I'm just blanking on all their names right now. Um, Ardiles probably. Ozzy Ardiles was there. Thank you. Um, uh, Mickey Hazard. Uh, th- like there's like uh, Ledley King, obviously Michael Dawson, but there's like five or six other ones. And so um, uh one of them said, you know, they asked him one time, what was it like to like, go through a scoring drought? You're such this prolific goal scorer. And, and what was it like? He's like, yeah, I had a, uh, one time. It was about 15 minutes, right? So yeah. um, he, yeah, was so, just, he was awesome. So, so, I'll so, so going a, into that. I'll give you another anecdote about Greaves. He was kind of like a Charles Barkley type before Barkley. So he played through the 60s. He misses yeah. the 1966 World Cup through injury and actually is one of the most prolific England strikers ever. But internationals were different then. So he had like 50 goals in like 40 games or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. But he's on ITV from 1985 to 1992. And that's where I knew him from. He's got a very thick Cockney accent. And he was funny. He was super duper funny, super engaging, just one of these natural kind of a more jovial and funny version of, I guess he's in the, he's like a Gary Neville role, but funnier or Mm -hmm. the opposite of, of, of what uh, Roy Keane is right now. Right. So Roy Keane's a miserable fuck trashes everyone. This guy was funny when say things, but he would say these really like insider racisty things. (laughs) <laughs> well, like Englishy race is like, well, he's a Scottish keeper. I couldn't get a nickel off him. You know what I mean? Like things like that. 
right? Because the 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 English use the Scots as the cheap one in like right, the, right, right, in right. the in the if they do the mm-hmm. old Catholic Jew and a Gentile jokes, the Scots are the are the Jews. Yeah. Anyway, we don't do those jokes anymore. <laughs> the world is better for it. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Speaking um, of, and uh, R.I.P. to our our friend Norm McDonald, who I think died since uh, a fine yeah, sportsman yeah. himself. Tough weekend. Anyway, so 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 Chelsea so going into this right. Like, in. So that's yep. the thing is that um you know he passed away. Kane had a relationship with him. Uh, and so we're waiting for Kane to get off the mark. One of the bets I made live was over two and a half goals with uh, Harry Kane, which I'm sorry, over two and a half shots, not even shots on target, just shots. Uh, and I have a gripe on that. Um, but yeah, I, I felt really good, better than I thought I would when I saw the lineups. And the first 25 minutes were all Spurs. They were really going at them, really taking the game to Chelsea. And you could feel the absence of N'Golo Conte. Mm-hmm. Um, Jorginho was lost. Um, Kovacic was interested, but I mean, still being sort of overrun in a midfield that wasn't particularly dominant. Um, Gio Lo just didn't do much for me. And Tangi Ndombele, again, I've talked about him on this show a number of times. He's the best player that Spurs have. The most talented player that Spurs have. And I fucking, I hate him. He can't keep it up. Right. At, At the, at the risk of sounding obvious, he's just fucking lazy. He's been here for three years. Right. So like, I, I, I think we're, we're, we're with the surprise. I think Chelsea were surprised. I yes. think that Spurs used the energy of the crowd to press and attack mm-hmm. Chelsea and got a lot of joy attacking fullbacks, getting into spaces. Regulon was really good early, yeah. was able to do things. But I think the key piece was there was the changes Tuchel made. And what was interesting yeah. about the change, so this happens at halftime. You go into halftime, you're like, Nil nil, not bad. This is a good game. Right. Uh, Tim Howard on on the NBC broadcast was like, "This has to change. Chelsea are getting killed." So they were both saying the same thing, both he and Musto. And the irony of it was, was the change that Tuchel made looked defensive. So mm-hmm. the change was to take Mason Mount off and put Conte in. Now at that point, that means that Chelsea now has three defensive midfielders in. Right. But that change completely changes the space because Conte's just becomes everywhere, starts blocking everything. And I don't have a better way to put it. Spurs vanish. They just have no way to handle it or they don't have a plan or they have no system or the, the energy was sapped out of them. They just not capitulated. I, I wouldn't say that. They just, the quality of Spur, of Chelsea just turned up. I will on the back end of that, Lukaku did nothing. I thought the central defense was really good for Spurs. Yeah, it's in the midfield that everything just disappeared. I felt like Delhi was running and trying to get to places, but didn't seem to be able to affect the game. He seemed to be trying to. You felt like he was running and always like a half a step behind. Yeah. But I think, you know, they had a dominance in the midfield. But then when Conte came in, he's two. He just feels, I just, that was the note in my head. I was like, why does it always feel like Chelsea has more people on the pitch mm-hmm. all the time because it's the three and the three right so they play a midfield three with the three at the back and then they have an extra man because they play the wingbacks and rudiger seems to be he just comes out you're just like yeah. where did he come from like a ball gets into Kane between the lines and rudiger's there and you're like well that means someone's available but it has to be running in the channel or something but there was nobody there <laughs> it doesn't happen and so that you've got you're absolutely right because conte effectively swallowed up Dombele, Lo Celso, and Deli Ali, all by himself, essentially. Um, and and you're right. In playing what's effectively a 4-4-2 diamond, uh, you don't have you don't have Sonny going wide. You don't have anybody really in the channels either because Sonny's basically standing still. And kind of and there's no you then there's no room in behind. There's there's exactly. nowhere to go, right? You're basically so, playing into their hand. That that three right. two blocks of three, you're basically sitting Kane and Son in the middle of the two of those blocks, and you're like, uh, do something. And 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 there's no there's nowhere and, to go. And so that's the thing. Like, as I thought about I thought about the Champions League final and I thought about how Chelsea play. They make good teams and good players seem like they don't know what they're doing. You're like, how 
why can't anyone move the ball through anything? Right. There's just nothing. I don't know how they do it. They're drilled well. Rudiger is in the right place. Aspelacueta is a good defender. They seem to interchange well. And then when they do get the ball, they can pass out because they don't lose it, right? Like mm-hmm. Conte makes the right passes. Jorginho's fantastic on the ball. And Kovacek sure. is really, really technical. And your goal comes from... Not, I mean, I know every single set piece goal has to be a mistake. I don't think Delhi was particularly bad on it. It's just they made a run behind the the wall, and yeah. and Silva got up before him, and he was mm-hmm. like, "Oh fuck, there he is," and he headed it home. Uh, the second goal, I think, it was a it was a bouncer. It was Conte. Oh, actually. it was a deflection from yeah, Conte. Yeah, that's a shit goal. Could, could and at which point gotten... I turned it off because again, I'm yeah, but, in the car. Could he with have the... gotten out to it? And like you, if you were watching Chelsea and someone said, "Oh." If there's one player to let shoot, just let Conte shoot. It's no big deal. Fine. Ping and then, pong, then yeah. by the late part, you know, the, the Werner comes on. You're already out of gas at that point. And Rudiger yeah. has like a striker's goal, which is like, so it was a, it was a, so basically Chelsea have won two games in a row where they won three nil where they were bad Fine. and had to make yeah. changes to win them. So, I mean, like we said before, Chelsea are really looking strong. They have different ways to win. They won this game on two goals by defenders and the most defensive midfielder in the league. You relatively held their attack in check. Like, yeah. nobody did anything. So, you weren't getting battered. You just lost. I want to go back to – oh, yeah, of course. I want to go back to the first half, though, because, uh, again, promising lineup. We were and how you beat a team with three at the back is that the wings are going to be wide open, right? Especially Marcus Alonso has no fucking idea how to defend. You got you got to move the ball quickly and moving the ball quickly. Understood. Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) You already mentioned it, but Reguilon was everywhere in the first half because that's you know that's the side where you basically you have all the joy you can want, and so he got in. And the one the one opportunity that I'm still ruining was he gets in on effectively a two on one, and on his left. And never once thinks about shooting. Um, he gets inside the box and tries to square it for LaCelso. And I think it was Rudiger gets in the way, good positioning, clears the ball. And really from that point on, and I'd say that that was about the 30th minute, that, that was, was it, it for Spurs. Yeah, and and Silva was really good. Like I, I one of the things that really yeah, bothers me about Silva and some older players is like you the profile isn't right, but there's something still good about them. And you know that your team doesn't sign them. Like, I just think city could do for a really old player, right? Like a real yeah. old head. I mean, we have, we have, we have Fernandinho and we'll get to the city game. It's just like, ah, oh, God damn it. Or you look at, you know, we talk, we're going to probably, we'll talk about United in a second. You see Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. He's 36. He's fucking awesome. You know, let's, <laughs> let's use that. Let's, let's use that segue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because sure. I mean, this was the first time I really got to watch Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, I did not see the first game all that closely. And it was just something where I was like, oh my God, he is so dominant still. Just, um, that's, it was that's... 1-1 in the second, early second half. And the save that I, that, that the West Ham keeper made, it was, he was coming off the right. And it was like, it was a nothing burger opportunity. And he just fizzed the ball in a piss. Yeah. Off the, off the back of the side of his foot. Like, a... yeah, yeah. Like muscles just, you that normal humans don't have, he correct. has. Yeah, it's yeah. So he was everywhere. The interesting thing about this um, was that you know, United were dominant early on in the game. Uh, they get caught out and they give up a goal. They get it right deflection. back from guess who? Right on yep. a shit goal. Fine, um, but they get it right back, and then um, it just felt like all hell broke loose sort of at the second the, half there. The late half. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at the, so one of the things I'm going to shout out my guys at FB ref, if you look at FB ref, you can go and look at the second half and basically it says United, United, West Ham, United, West Ham, United. Yeah. They're shooting back and forth. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of the things that we have with United is, and one of the criticisms of Ollie, I'm going to keep doing it is they don't really control games. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you can, United fans can get frustrated, but if you're an opponent, you're always kind of in it. You never feel like demoralized, but for the neutral, the games are excited. They're up and down. Oh, they're fun. United yeah. are going to mess them up. You've got star power. I mean, like real heavy dude, like Pogba looks amazing. He's tall. He's always regal. He's on the ball, moving it around. They do fun stuff. You've got Greenwood who's, who's like legitimately two footed and can do whatever he wants to do with the ball. And, you know, and West Ham are a fun team and the crowd was fucking charged up at I think something has happened at that Olympic stadium that was dead and it's alive now. I don't know if they changed the dimensions or the pandemic has made 
them sort of accept it. Like they, they, they had a whole season of West Ham being really good and not being able to be there. And they've just decided we like Moyes. We like this team. And if Time West Ham like you, yeah. the, the, there's a bit of a snowball effect to it. And this game was, it, it picked up. There were penalty shouts. Uh, oh my God. Cristiano, Cristiano had two against him. One of them was ruled out. One of them was definitely a penalty. They didn't even look at. They didn't then, even look at it. The one in the 93rd, is, right? Okay, yeah, so hold on. Ridiculous. <laughs> and going back real quick, a word on Mason Greenwood. Good for him because you bring in all of this talent. You bring in Sancho. You bring in Ronaldo. There's only so many spots on that attacking line, and you assumed, obviously, that Greenwood would be one of the casualties of that. And he has taken it by the horns, and he's been so good early on. He's and so I'm, good. I'm, I'm loving watching him succeed. Um, So yeah. that's one. And he uh, – actually, it wasn't him. It was Lingard who scores a fantastic goal late on. I thought he was going to go too, right? You've got right. the whole West Ham team. They give him a huge <clears throat> ovation. Yeah. Yeah. And so West Ham was the team that was expected to sign him. They had him on loan last year. And, uh, you know, he scores this great winner against them, uh, but almost not, right? Because so it's 2-1 in the 89th. And Ronaldo, I think if I have the timing right on this, uh, the uh, penalty shout, the second penalty shout. It's late. Third, it's very late. It's in stoppage time. So it's like the 91st yes. minute. Yes. And I went, oh, man, that would have won me my fucking bet. We'll get to that <laughs> in a second. And uh, and so but that they didn't even they didn't even look. And it was uh, OK. At full it's speed, about as clear a penalty as you can be at full speed. You're like, I don't know. It was Ronaldo. Maybe he went down, whatever. At the on the like, one glance at a replay, you're like, oh, no, no, that's that's a penalty. 100 yeah, all day. 100 percent. Now, yeah. the thing is, there had been one before that was overturned. That was fair. Right. Because Kufal yeah. puts his leg down. Ronaldo mm-hmm. goes into it. He goes down. Mm-hmm. Fine. I right. And it, so he's right. got a little bit of that. And the referee does. And I, and I understand. I think it was Anthony Taylor. And I get that. But that's what VAR is there for. Right. So this is the first the first call I've seen this season where VAR kind of it's, or it's, they weren't allowed to, to fuck it up. They, they weren't given the opportunity. It's Atkinson. It was. Anyway, it was. Martin that Atkinson's part's weird. Part. Then there's a handball to give basically West Ham the win right uh, outside. Shaw. Oh, a draw, a draw. Yeah, a draw, and it, yeah. it it's 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 a handball under the current rules. I, I don't like it. Fine, they it's a shit it. call. Uh, it's a shit rule. It's a fine call because that's what the rule is. Moyes like, does Euro twenty twenty yep. England. He brings on Mark Noble, basically a one club man who's played his entire career at West Ham since two thousand four. He's now thirty four. His record at penalties is thirty nine taken, thirty five made. <laughs> he hasn't missed a penalty. He missed a penalty in 2017 is the last one he missed. Yeah. And he comes on just to take it and he fucking misses it. Now there's oh, two God. things Game going saves. on. There's two things going on. De Gea hasn't saved a penalty in four years, 20 yeah. something penalties in a row. And Noble hasn't missed in five years. There's an immovable object here that logic says you could do it, but everything about it was the wrong thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a weird way. It's like, yes, you should do that. But don't do that. So I was so, mad when I when I saw they got the penalty and I saw him come off the bench. I went, eh, okay, because <laughs> I hate Mark Noble. So I was like, fuck yeah. this guy. Come on. So so Mark Noble comes on and he misses. And United pull another one out of their ass. I mean, if there's a luckier manager, it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's not good. I don't care. He's it's got weird how hold players. on. It's weird how the cosmic luck follows teams, right? It had it had Liverpool's back for a while. One would argue it still does from time to time. And and now I think it's it's turned and I think it's completely in the United States. I think part of it is is more talented teams generate better luck. Of course. There's that. Then the other piece is I do think big teams get calls a little bit, even if it's marginal, even if it's uh out of every hundred they get fifty one. Yeah. That's enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh but just because it's natural. Someone's making calls. Uh, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see it in the city game. Like the next game we cover is just calls happen. Like city should have lost and United should have drew and city played awful. And there was a penalty in the, in the second half, uh, Ward Prowse would have taken it. And he's standing there with the ball in his hand, the VAR is he's ready. VAR goes, Nope. Yeah. So it was a double jeopardy. So as we segue into City, City played Southampton at home, a game that they should that I think Southampton were plus twelve hundred yeah. to win. 
Uh, I don't know what the draw number was. It had to be plus 600 at I was least. I say five, 600, yeah. And <laughs> Southampton had one of those games where they played hard. City had one of those games where they didn't. The irony being Pep yelling at the fans during his press conferences to say, we need you guys to show up. Yeah. Forgetting <laughs> to tell his fucking team to show up. They don't show up. It's the regular lineup. Raheem's through the mini instead of Ferran Torres. And City just don't don't create anything somehow. Yeah. Uh, they had that classic. They had a flurry in the beginning. Could have had a few shots. Could have had mm-hmm. a few goals. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. Didn't get anything through. Uh, City took 16 shots, only one on target. They just never really created anything amazing. You felt like Southampton were, if anyone was going to win the game, they would. Fernandinho looked 36 for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the game that I was sort of going, oh, look at Fernandinho. He's making forward passes early. But then later in the game, he's running out of gas and he's just losing passes. So uncharacteristic City moving the ball, losing it all the time when they're trying to build build up. It's the first time that I went, oh, Rodri does stuff. (laughs) Right. It's that ticking over. Boom, boom, boom. boom. The methodical stuff, Mm -hmm. taking the ball, turning it and passing it, taking the ball, turning it and pass it without losing it or without fucking it up. So that linking piece really is a hub and he just moves things and city could never get any attacks going city scored a late goal in the 95th minute 94th minute but raheem sterling was adjudicated as they like to say offside so city Mm -hmm. did get a late winner that they var took away but they should have lost um kyle walker's challenge on another day wait walk me through that because again, this is not a game I got to see any of, but I, I so was Ar- tracking Armst- it. So Armst- Armstrong comes through on a good pass, I, probably from Ward Prowse. I don't remember. Maybe it was yeah. Romero. Uh, and Kyle Walker's coming from an angle to the his side of the box, and he simply steps across uh, a bad touch by Armstrong, and Armstrong goes down after being stepped across. Nobody gets the ball. There's no ball, but there's no kicking of the leg either. It's simply Kyle Walker is stronger than you and got in front of you. Right. And so he does go over in real time. It looks like a pen. I mean, but when you see it in slow-mo, it's not. But in real time, right. it was a it was double jeopardy. It was a PK and he got a red. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask because yeah. I, I was trying, like I said, I was tracking the game and I saw that Kyle Walker had a red card overturned. I, I didn't see any of that. They, and so it, they, was a, they, it was a foul they, in the box. Yes, yes. And they, didn't they and outlaw? He was on his own. Didn't they outlaw the double penalty? I don't. It's on a handball. I, it's on one of versions of it. I don't know which one See, it was. He was the, the he was the last man in and sort of kept. He came flying in from yeah, the side, yeah, yeah. so from his permission. Permission, but you know, uh, listen. I don't even think McCarthy had to make any saves. Like City just didn't do anything, and mm-hmm. I think it's because Sterling was through the middle. Uh, he doesn't make the same runs as Ferran. This is just, and the narrative is always going to be whenever City don't score, they need a striker. Yeah, it's going to be this way for the whole season. Uh, I do worry when you look at Liverpool basically taking 25 shots a game and Mo Salah scoring every game or Sadio Mane scoring sure. and the Anfield thing. And you look at Lukaku scoring goals and then they're able to win without it because everyone's focusing on Lukaku or you look at United with Cristiano. It's a glaring hole when you compare it to the competition. Uh, and And it's just... City are great. They have two great players at every position, but there's something to guys who want to score goals. I think that's, it's the mentality piece. It's not talent wise. It's just, I am scoring this fucking goal. And there's nobody on city that says I am scoring this fucking goal. There's plenty of guys that say I'll set up this fucking goal, Right, right. right. <laughs> but there's not enough. They want, there's guys that want the ball. They want to do stuff, but there's nobody that's like, I'm scoring this now. What yeah. are you doing? Like, uh, Craig Which Burley. is ironically, this would have been right the perfect team for Cristiano Ronaldo because he's the, <laughs> I'm scoring the fucking goal now. Yeah, and I think <clears> you know one of the things that Craig Burley made a really good point about. I know you're shocked, but he was like, "Listen, all this modernity, all this shit, putting balls in the box and crossing them in and heading goals in, it, 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 you may be as fancy as you want. You still score goals like that. Yeah. That is still real. You still need to do that. Yeah, sure. And City literally cannot do that." Right. Yeah. They literally don't it's score goals pass. from it's strikers on right. They need Jota. They need Watkins. Yeah. They need someone to do something that's not nothing. Right. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like Callum Wilson would be fine. Like anyone. Yeah. I mean, I'm like Jermaine Defoe. I'll take it. We, we, we said Danny Ings in the summer, yeah. you know, Danny Ings has been great, but less on a, as a setting things up. He's just a good footballer. He's the only reason he's not on one of the top six is because he has a knee of a 76 year old woman. <laughs> yeah, right. 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 But yeah, so, so Liverpool, right. We have to cover all our bases on the, on the whole gang. Um, but uh, I think before we talk about Liverpool, we should talk about our uh, our friend Joe at Attitude of Gratitude. Yeah, we're in we're in his hometown. We are. Uh, Mike Mike probably saved money to buy gas to that's to, right to drive so, all the way, and yeah. uh, I am saving money for lunch. But uh, you know, go to Attitude of Gratitude Consulting, and Joe will help you to save money in any way he can. Look, he's even got a little app. That helps you uh, save money. Uh, there's Joe. You can go find out who he is. And uh, we're really excited to be, one, have you in the studio with the yeah. guys. And maybe you'll get to go uh, pop by and see Joe. Look, he's even got well, so that was and everything. So I, it's my first time, you know, actually being here. And I'm going to try to figure out a way to get back soon. Um, but, you know, I was asking him a little bit about, you know, a little bit more about some of the guys who, who sponsor the shows and all that stuff. I talked to Joe all the time. And I was like, so how do you guys know him? And blah, blah, blah. It's just it's it's one of these things where he's just a guy in the community and it's it's someone that there's so many things in life where you just need someone you just unequivocally can trust. Right. And that's kind of the way that these guys kind of describe Joe. Uh, And so that's kind of where, you know, I've like I said, I've been talking to him. We've told you he's helped me save the wedding for this trip. You know, the whole hey. Like, I know you got the stupid dog. Okay, we'll find a cheaper dog friendly hotel, right? Like, like, <laughs> hey, like, so little cutting corners, little couch cushion dollars and this and that, but it's more than that, right? Like, he's he's just a guy that you talk to and you feel good about, uh, not just the advice he's giving you, but you know, the, the content of the conversation as well. Like, he's just a family man. So uh, do right. us a favor, talk to our friend Joe at attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com and he'll take care of you, I promise. So uh, that's awesome. Uh, I do want to get to Liverpool. I mean, we yeah, have to cover it. our top four. We'll, co- we'll cover the two red teams. We did the blue teams. Now we're doing the red teams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, United were wearing blue. Uh, so the red teams, Liverpool. Uh, we were, we were, ex- I was excited for Crystal Palace. They showed up for the first 25 minutes and then Liverpool were just like, no, nah, we're good. We got this. Yeah. And they, they blow them away. They win three nil, but um. Crystal Palace should feel good about where they are right now. I think the the the, the turning point game was the Spurs game. Uh, our guy Edward came in. Olisi's coming in. Our my guy Connor Gallagher is it Connor? I, don't, I keep calling him Connor. Yeah. I don't even know if his name is Connor, but it's he no. was good. No, he, he was he was good again. But you know they just don't have the horses. And no, I think like I said, Liverpool are averaging twenty five shots a game. So good, really good goals again by them. They're looking good they're looking deeper than i expected to konate really started to make his mark he's big (laughs) like i didn't realize he was you know six two i was like whoa six foot four yeah he was standing next to sadio mani after the goal i was like whoa who is that giant dude (laughs) yeah uh the interesting thing is sort of a makeshift back line right like you would not have said konate is their number two center back certainly not yet um milner on the left uh, and Samikas, I'm sorry, on the right, and then Samikas on the left. So you didn't have Robbo, you didn't have Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, and you still basically buried Crystal Palace. Uh, when I saw that lineup, again, yeah. one of my one of my picks of the week was uh, Palace plus two, saying, "Hey, they." Yeah, but they, you and you and you were close, right? They they I was. They got the a last, late winner. The last yeah. two in the 78th and the 89th minute, right? And, and K- so Kedas, yeah. Kedas was a belter. I was like, yeah, yeah, it was. But that's the thing is that you know you look through that 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 side that they put out there. This is nowhere close to Liverpool's top 11. And this is the difference between the Liverpool's and the Man City's, and I suppose United because they're deep enough, and the rest of the pack, right? Mm-hmm. When Spurs went to – now, granted, this game also, to be fair, is at Anfield rather than Selhurst Park. That's a big difference. But when you look at the team that Spurs were forced to put out because of all the bullshit during the international break uh, at Selhurst Park, that's a team that would – put a lot of fear into a lot of hearts of Spurs fans, myself included, and it showed, right? They just never had any attacking powers. And and Skip and, you know. And Winks. And so it was, it was, it was not pretty. Yeah. And we were worried. We were in in our transfer preview. We gave Liverpool an F. We were like, well, they're not there. 
but they didn't need them, I guess. They, the players they had in reserve, uh, based on being injured the previous season, they were just banking on Kunante, banking on, on Thiago, banking on Curtis Jones, and, and, and Harvey Elliott, unfortunately, injured. Uh, and you saw Irigi come in, and James Milner still... James Milner's 36. Yeah. He's been playing since he was 16 years old. Yep. He's on year 20, <laughs> and he can still give you... 15 starts he can still give you a a thousand minutes and won't fuck it up and he's a and and, you know he's got legendary status now i mean city got rid let him go 10 seven years ago (laughs) it's like wow you're good i did not (laughs) expect to see this much of a shall we say liverpool b squad and i expected a better result and i got a i got more of a b squad than i thought and i did not get the results so that's that's how yeah, uh yeah. that's and how the, that and, weekend went. and the thing was and klopp said this and, and this is a really valid point that we'll, we'll talk about arsenal these are the games that you gotta have and you gotta work hard for and they're hard and they're a pain in the ass and you're missing your guys and you gotta mm-hmm. go get them and you gotta win them and put the points in the bank like as much as spurs, as much as spurs can give themselves a hard time you got those three wins you have them right narrative yeah. sucks right now but you would have lost to chelsea anyway you would have never expected to beat city you're right. really kind of where you should be maybe the palace game might have been better maybe it would have been a draw you'd have one more point so i think you know especially i think what i got from the spurs game and w- when we talk about arsenal cuz north london derby they played well in the first half that 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 spurs should go we have something but yes. i think there's a little bit of a creative piece that's missing and you need to figure out if Regulon maybe needs to be Cancelo maybe he needs to come inside, inside. and try and be creative yeah. on that side well look see. you don't really have a right back right now so you could see about that I mean put fucking Davies at left back then and let him basically no I know but what I'm saying is let him basically be that defensive and play in a slanted way with that similar to how City does with with mm. with Walker and Cancelo but yeah. yeah I mean when I look at the three well, like you said we, I do want to get to Arsenal but when we get to the the two three nothing losses, I was incensed and furious. It ruined my whole fucking weekend because it was the early game uh, against Palace. And uh, when I look at Chelsea, of course, I hate losing to them. I fucking had to hear it from my friends who were Chelsea fans. I d- I just despise everything about them. But I'm far more um, encouraged by that first half performance. Look. When the champions of Europe bring on the best midfielder, arguably in Europe, which by the way is not fucking Jorginho. And he completely changes the game. You, you, all you can do is tip your cap. You yeah. need your stars to basically go steal one, and they didn't. Part of that's down to to the scheming. Part yeah, of that's I, down I, to the, the, the formation. I, we, but... we didn't get to talk about it, but I, you got to be worried for Kane. Just is he there? No, I'm not. Will he get there? Not, I don't know. Because, I would be. Well, you didn't have any lateral threat for him to like, right? Like I said, is you Mora have that important? How, where's Mora? Mora's hurt. Have... He got hurt. All right. They do need that second speed guy to but go. But that's what along. I'm saying is that because but, but because then you can then you then you can mark Sonny and it's fine, right? I got it. But that's right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not concerned. Everybody, that's the quick bait nonsense this this week. And I'm just I expected more from Kane, but he needs something around him to draw attention away from him so he can thrive. If he's going to be in a one on one scenario, he's going to be fine. But if it's a three on one, nobody in the yeah. world's going to be able to do that. So yeah, yeah, his goals will come. He'll get he'll get a brace against somebody shitty. He might score against Arsenal. He does love a goal in the North London derby, um, especially at the Emirates. But uh, he's going to get off the mark soon, and then he's going to blow up against a shitty team. And then we'll start to like you said, Spurs are where they should be. Um, I'm just yeah, I'm not happy, but I'm not as you know. Yeah, hire everybody, throw everything to the wolves. So yeah, so so yeah. So you Going have your North London Derby yeah. coming. Uh, mm-hmm. Arsenal, we've talked about them. They are getting off the Schneid. They put a lineup out that was their real lineup, right? Uh-huh. Kearney, White, uh, Gabriel, Saka, Odegaard, Emil Smith Rowe, Aubameyang, Tomiyasu is looking good. Pepe, eh, but he's there. O- Ramsdale is like a revelation. All of a sudden, yeah. he's like a defensive captain. So was talking. Maybe that's what they needed, mine. right? They, they he's they're shouting, yeah. he's talking to guys. Hey, where are you? Come exactly. over here. Yeah. That's so. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who, down in Florida before I left, and what he was saying was he's he's cohesive, right? Is kind of the way that he sort of described it, and it was. But they had Martinez was like that too. Anyway, that's that's another story. <laughs> Yo, no, I know, but 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 Burnt Leno is not, and I think that's the point, right? So he's not good with his feet, but also he's not communicative. And 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 Ramsdale is as a shot stopper, probably not average. As good. Average. He's, he's shortish. 
Yeah. So I, nothing special. He's Aaron Ramsdale. That's hilarious. Like, no. But the value he gives you is in the cohesion and in the communication within oh, the defense. And that's not he's not short. I had that wrong. Six four. I didn't, Ramsdale just, is six he, four. He seemed small. So he just <laughs> sucks at shot stop John. So <laughs> that's fine. But uh, it, it, from the cohesion perspective, he's going to give you as much value as clearly he can't give you as a as an actual keeper and, and a shot stopper. But um I think that we undersold him quite a bit now is he worth 40 million fuck no but uh you know i think that he's bringing a, a makeshift back line he's sort of helping them gel a little bit so that's the value that he's been giving them and and yeah i mean look arsenal are where they should be as well right they had a really tough go of it to begin um the only game they lost that they should have won was brentford and that was a tough game but that was a tough game and 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 we said it on the show we we're like brentford's gonna run them um <laughs> and I, I'm not. They're still listen, not. They're still not really creating anything. This is their problem, right? As well, score. Well, I never the said thing, they were good. You said they might be. I said I never said they were good. I think they're mid table. Yeah, I think. So, but the thing that's good about this game was they were there for the fight, right? Yeah. Burnley put in 27 crosses. White and Gabriel led the team in clearances, mm -hmm. and so what you had was a, an Arsenal that was professional. They looked like they could be arsenal right? mm -hmm. like as opposed to having holding in chambers who are just like let me just do my job in this box and if anything goes outside of that that's not my fault right yeah. they kind of this had a bit more cohesion party made a difference they obviously are hurt again because that's just glass so party and uh and uh and tierney went off again mm -hmm. so they're still gonna have to deal with that but you know, listen, Burnley are not as good as we think. They're in the bottom of the league. Arsenal's two wins are against Norwich and Burnley, and they only scored mm -hmm. two goals, right? But Odegaard has been good. They have a bargain there. Someone they can probably move on when he's 26 or 27 for 80 million pounds. He seems to want to be there. He's a worker. They just need to get one of their front players firing. Either it's going to be Saka or whatever, but no one's shooting is the problem. They're not even taking shots. No, uh, but... they need, they need to get there. They need to score goals. Uh, listen, I, I want them to lose because it's funny uh, when they lose. And I like the schadenfreude, but I also had them in the top, top eight, top six. Top, I don't remember. Cause I thought they'd be defensively solid with their possession game. And we'll see where they are against Spurs. I think this is right. really one of those. It's about as deadlocked as it is. Uh, your team has better game changers, I think. Yeah, oh, definitely. Well, hold on. We'll, we'll they, go their, their, into... strength, their strength is in the midfield, though. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna dissect all of that on Thursday in our preview episode. That's going to be the main game going into the weekend. But um, yeah, I think that it's going to be a litmus test for both teams. We're gonna learn a hell of a lot about both teams going forward. There's a lot of pessimism coming out of Tottenham right now. <laughs> understandably, understandably. Yeah. And, uh, and conversely, there's a lot of optimism coming out of, you know, uh, the Emirates. Yeah. I don't really buy either of them. And so I really, it's going to be an interesting conversation. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. save that I mean, for I, we, What we don't want is injuries, right? So, uh, so, but there's a whole slate of other games and then our gambling victories, which. Yes. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about <sighs> the one. All right. Let's talk about the one game of the team who's currently in the top four that we have not talked about oh. and is going to lead us lead us into the best bets of the week. So, my friends, my friends from Brighton, the yes. Seagulls in the top four, my top 10 finish, which That's I looked right. at the odds for. were not great. It's like plus plus one ten. It's not as big a long shot as you think it is, right. but they come out, they have a, they, they weather a storm from Leicester. Then they get two goals, one on a very Neil Mope handball induced on Vestigard. He literally <laughs> grabs his arm. And as he's going down, Vestergaard throws his arm up, and then the ball gets headed into his hand, and they call a penalty. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Because Neil Mope may not be able to finish, but he is a little bit of a bastard, uh, which, <laughs> which you like. He's a little bit of a little cunty Frenchman. Uh, so good for him. He draws the penalty. Then our friend and mine, let's see if I can get the wide view so that I can do the, uh, the Danny Welbeck. Danny Welbeck scores on a corner. Uh, he, he gets those done. So, so um, Brightner up 2-0. And Brendan Rodgers makes some changes. Again, Madison off. Madison mm -hmm. is killing them right now. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Barnes killed them Jeez. entirely. Uh, not even because I love of, Harvey I'll, Barnes. I'll, I'll tell you me. why. I'll tell you why he killed them, but in a minute. 
So uh, Lookman comes on and completely changes the game for um, for Leicester. I'm pretty sure is it uh, or is it? Yeah, it's it's Madison who comes off for for Lookman. Yeah, completely changes the game. Um, the defense of of Brighton is very good, but on that side they have um, Solly. They have they have Solly March and and Veltman who are not defenders. Uh, and so they just keep attacking that side and Veltman's hanging in there and everything's coming down that side. Lookman has a couple chances. They win a corner, corner number one that ties the game. Uh, Harvey Barnes is offside uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. by Ndidi. Okay, fine. They tie the boy game again. Harvey Barnes is offside. Yeah. These are the offside, both VAR checks, both VAR checks, both offside where He's not really in the line of sight or interfering with the goalkeeper, but they call it offside. Oh, man. Both Harvey. times, Harvey Barnes. So his job is to sort of back into the keeper. Now, to be fair to Brighton, they didn't keep anyone on the line, and they did push up when the ball came in. So they're keeping a high line within the gap of the mm-hmm. of the keeper, and Harvey Barnes is just standing there both times, like not didn't really know what was <laughs> happening. Both called offside. That is my last team for the parlay. And uh, Brighton pull it out. So again, that luck piece last year, luck was always against Brighton. This mm-hmm. year, luck is for Brighton. <laughs> and they sit in fourth right now. They are yeah. sitting in the top four. So they're four zero and one. Uh, and they're yeah. I mean, look, like you said, it's it's the little things. It's it's a it's a ten point difference easily, if not more. Uh, and I'm happy to see them on the right side of it. And and nobody nobody is a bigger proponent of Brighton uh, than you're probably a bigger. <laughs> Brighton supporter, <laughs> supporter than even the Brighton fans. Like you, like you are uh, like, you're always with no, them. It's, so. it's more, it's more about Potter. I just want Potter to yeah, go somewhere. Yeah. And I, I saw, like I said, I saw the, the, the thing about him and I was just blown away. And then my other parlay was, uh, Aston well, no, it's, Villa the, versus... it's one parlay, but it's, it's three. All right, right. Sorry. Right? Sorry. No. Three games. So I had Arsenal. I just felt like, the myth of Burnley is a lie. Arsenal beat them constantly, and they haven't lost at Burnley since 1973. So I was like, they got this. They're better than this team. And I think Burnley are really on the decline. No changes, no no, no new players, nothing. It's mm-hmm. the same fucking 11 guys for five years. So fuck them. Uh, the next game that I won was Everton at home. Uh, sorry, it was Aston Villa at home versus Everton. This is the Leon Bailey game. Comes on for 20 minutes, assists, and scores. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is an own goal, but it's kind of like an Olympico goes off of Dina's head on his corner. Then he comes in and scores on the break, and then he goes off with an injury. So it was like a trifecta. Amazing stuff. First, it's Matty Cash, one of the original Spice Boys that we used to talk about when <laughs> when right. when Aston Villa was playing uh, Barkley, Grealish, and Target. I don't know. Barkley's dead. I, I don't know where he is. I guess so. I think he, he must be on the under 23s for Chelsea somewhere. But, uh, you know, Rafa de Benitez's team is beaten. Uh, you know, uh, to be fair to Aston Villa, they've got, they're missing a lot of guys. So Rondon plays instead of DLC. Their defenders are, oh, oh, um, Begovic is in for, for um, Pickford. So, I mean, I don't even know if that's much better, but they're depleted a little bit. But, you know, Awobi's playing, eh, no big deal. But, they had their guys. It's a good win for Villa. So they pick up their three. So this was a, what is this team game? And we right. know what this team is. So uh, happy for Villa to move up. You know, they want to get into Europe, right? And they're sitting 10th right now. About the way, where they should be. About Villa. Uh, they played Emmy Martinez, but they did not play Buendia, I believe. Hurt. They, oh, he's hurt. Okay. Or was he, well, or was he on no, the cause he was No, because he's one of the four right. from Brazil. So the first day they were able to be allowed in the country was actually Saturday. Uh, right, they had been they had been training in Croatia. <laughs> I believe were they were they training with the Spurs players? Yes. Okay, so it was Buendia, they were all there. Martinez, Romero, Lo Celso, and then Davidson Sanchez, who's not Argentinian, he's Colombian, yes. but he got caught in all that shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I did notice the lineup uh, that 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 Martinez was in, and the other thing is, it's so much easier to plug your starting goalkeeper back in. Right, like, oh, he hasn't played for two. Weeks. Fuck it, to get yeah. In the, yeah. Get Buen, Buendia, Buendia wasn't needed, so that's why they didn't put him in. They, they I don't had know already that he wasn't needed. I mean, no, ahead, it, they, they were already winning. They, they already had the game. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was one of those where uh, he's still he's a new signing, so it's not like again, it's not like bringing somebody in who like you has been there and was hurt 
right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so the he other, still needs some betting. The other, the other one that was interesting was uh, John McGinn got his his already crooked face smashed. He yeah. got hit in the face and sort of was rolling around, tried to play. It looked like he was going to throw up on the field and had to come off. So there was a concussion, uh, a concussion uh, substitution that I had not seen before. Was Didn't that- count. In a, okay, a, so it didn't count. I was gonna say what no. I've seen it where they have three and they're allowed one more because of yes. the concussion protocol. But I haven't seen it basically say, okay, that one doesn't count for the three. That's interesting. Yeah, because um, they have, they had four changes. That one didn't count. Yeah, because yeah. it was in the fortieth minute. Uh-huh. So that was cool. But yeah, there's that one. So I have my 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 tri- my my parlay of Villa, Arsenal, and uh, Brighton. I win it. I did hedge a little bit. Uh, for the draw and the and the win for Leicester because I already had had the first two in the bag by Saturday and Leicester played on Sunday and then I had those two crazy VAR calls and I was like yeah I also <laughs> won on Brentford which was the weirdest plus three ninety for some reason ever so I had a good week uh, it I really went four for four even though it was only two bets right so interesting I actually in the bets that I said on the show I didn't do a lot of homework and I said all right. <laughs> I, I, I love that's yours. Put mine up. Uh, I, uh, I, I want a lot of money. There you go. <laughs> I might so plus I looked Saturday morning. I was still in Florida. We we're leaving later that day. And I went Brentford to win and Tony to score is plus $1,300, $1,300, not 300. So I literally, I, I can't believe that was, you should have hit it. That was such a good bet. I had a ton in on college football and I oh, was just kind of groggy and I didn't. I was going to put $100 on it. That would have been $1,300. Uh, so I didn't. And I was bummed about that. I had a wry smile on all day about it. And uh, so I didn't bet that. I didn't hit United. Uh, but I I did hit them live for about even uh, <laughs> at nil-nil. And it was right before West Ham scored. So I ended up getting the late winner. All of those, the penalty kick, nonsense, and madness ended up working out in my favor. So I did get that one. I also took the Man United team total. Uh, which was 1.5. I hit those both in like the 30th minute or so. So yes, I lost these two bets you see on the screen. Man United minus one and Crystal Palace plus two, even even odds. Uh, but uh, I won three, I think. The one thing that I mentioned, I alluded to with Kane, uh, I said over two and a half shots between the Greaves dying, between no Conte, I was all about it. I thought he would have four, five, six shots. Not on goal, just shots. Hey. And... You got shafted on one, huh? I got shafted. He took a shot from way, way out, but it went on net and actually Kepa bundled it because it's what he does. And we actually almost scored on it. They called it a cross. He had <laughs> he had three shots, but they didn't count one of them. So I would have won that bet. I'm pissed about it, but yeah. It is let's uh it is. let let's have a look at the table and then we'll we'll get out of here. Yeah. Just to make sure that you know we all know where we're at right now. So just clear Chelsea are very clearly well away. And the table's starting to take shape. You could if the season ended right now, this would not be that weird. Uh I mean probably It'd Arsenal be weird. Are a little Brighton's too low. in fourth. Maybe not. <laughs> not for you. Not for you. I know. I know. No, no, no. I I obviously they'll have they'll have tougher days. Uh, and they'll need, you know, they, they can't have a negative XD goal difference. They're getting lucky right now. But, you know, just sort of looks the way it should. City overperforming in games where they win. They're flat track bullies. Chelsea really putting the hammer down. Liverpool, probably the best team in terms of shots right now at 14. They're doing about 25 shots a game. I think Sadio Mane had a game with 10 shots, which is why he's leading the league in XG. He only got one in that game, so he'll probably be behind his number the whole year. Uh, you know, so XG is not the be all and end all, but it does give you a sense of quality within the team. So we can kind of see United, my team's there, Brentford playing well. You know, we've been saying these sort of teams that we like. Mm-hmm. You can sort of see that they're there. Chelsea don't have a high XG because they don't need to. They can win without shooting. Uh, but then, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff. It'll it'll start to shake as, as the season goes along. Uh, but you know that's where we are right now. Chelsea in first, Liverpool, United, Brighton, uh, City, Everton, Tottenham. You'd expect City will be in that Brighton spot uh, any day now. And and, and on the back end, yeah, Newcastle, Burnley, and Norwich. Right. Um, the interesting Norwich thing is, is Norwich is terrible. Yeah. In Deitch, we trust maybe Newcastle. I have a hard time thinking Alan St. Maximus' team's going to go down. It's going to be. It, 
I don't know how it'll shake up. I do feel like Norwich are nailed down. If they make it, I'd be shocked. It looks like Brentford are good, but we will see midseason. They may have a stumble at some point. But, but they're I not going to fall that far. No, I would expect Watford to come down. But again, they have a goal scorer in Saar. So Watford have yeah. two wins in the bank. They're going to hold on to those. That's the um, thing. Is it like, so again, like thir- what 40 points is the line where you're like, I'm fine. If you look at Brentford, who we, none of us expect Brentford to be in the relegation fight. No, they're too good. But they're a, they're a promoted team, right? Generally speaking, you go, okay, throw their name in the hat. At least they're yeah. 25% of the way to safe. And I'm not saying <laughs> yeah. that I'm not saying that their, their goal should be to be safe, but they're a quarter of the way there. So yeah. So that's really, you know, the league has, we talked about this, you know, when, um, during the, the preview, the league has gotten deeper, right? And so now you're looking at it like the Burnleys and the Newcastles are in deep shit because there's not yeah. a lot of other Burnleys and Newcastles left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think if, if, Nuke, if, if, say, Maximan gets hurt like he always does, especially with all that crazy shit he does, eventually someone's just going to kick him and be like, fuck <laughs> off. Uh, then they'll definitely be in trouble. Uh, Burnley, we trust, but, you got to think that they'll they'll find a way, but maybe not. Well, Burnley then, again. Uh, Burnley, we trust only because they've always been. There's always better been than another, the three shittier teams. Right. There's always been a sucker, right? So yeah. they're the sucker. Well, I think. Now. I think. I think there's there's a the Crystal Palace maybe may, might might fall into it. I had them in my three, I believe. So yeah. uh, the Southampton. I'm worried. Southampton for, way, are a little funky, but they just got two draws: one against United, one against City. That's yeah. not a team that's going down. Uh huh. And wolves are wolves are too good. Wolves are too yeah. good. They they actually were fifth before this game. They were fifth in expected goal difference. So, yeah, but they, I mean, but that but that's the danger, right? We know why their expected goal difference is what it is. It's because of the Adama Traore creates and gets into positions, and we know he doesn't score. So they're always going to have a good number, yeah. right? No, that's true. We, that's we true. know it, expected goals is for like unknown unknowns, or you don't watch. Like I know why they have a high expected goal because <laughs> yeah, that one guy sucks, and yeah. their striker that they rely on is has PTSD. He should have had. He should have had his head. He should have right? at least one, maybe two on on like, Saturday or yeah, Saturday. So I think they're right. going to need a. They, we we do have to wrap it up because we're on time, and you've got to go places. So that is that. Yeah, let's get out of here. Okay, that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sport Network, where Mike is over his shoulder. That's right. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe and get your podcasts uh, so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple or any other podcast uh, platform, please rate and review the show because it makes a massive, massive difference. And I forgot to mention the Germans. Uh, I believe that there were U-boats in the Hudson River and they shelled New Jersey. Is that true? No, I believe so. I believe so. (laughs) I saw a couple on the drive. (laughs) All right. That's it.